Hi, my name is Robert McMahon. I'm the Connection Director here at Covenant Church, and I'm thrilled that you're listening. If you're checking us out for the first time, welcome. We're so glad that you're here, and I'd like to take this chance to invite you to let us know that you're tuning in today. We'd love nothing more than to help you start building meaningful relationships and to join you on the journey of faith. Just go to bgcovenant.org connect and let us know how we can be in touch. With that said, let's dive in and listen together to this week's message. Eastern Airlines, flight number 401, operated by a nearly new Lockheed L-1011 carrying 163 passengers and 13 crew members, it left New York's JFK on Friday, December 29th, 1972 at 9.20 p.m. en route to Miami International Airport. Tourists heading to the warmth of the beautiful Miami area, snowbirds heading back to Florida after spending time with their families in New York during the holiday season, all crowded the wide-bodied aircraft. Under the command of Captain Robert Loft, age 55, a veteran Eastern Airlines pilot, the flight was entirely routine until 11.32 p.m., when the flight began its approach into Miami International Airport. The first officer noticed that there seemed to be a problem with the landing gear. And so the flight engineer was dispatched to see if he could get a visual that that landing gear was, in fact, deployed. As they were circling the airport, waiting on that confirmation, the plane was slowly losing altitude, so slowly that it was imperceptible to the crew. And with all the hubbub of, is the landing gear out, the crew didn't hear the chiming that there was, the chiming that there was um, uh, altitude loss in the airplane. They didn't hear that chime happening. And so the plane continued to lose altitude, and the black expanse of the Everglade continued to get closer and closer to the airplane. As Captain Loft started one more 180-degree turn to bring the plane back into position to land, 18.7 miles from runway 8L and traveling 227 miles an hour, the plane flew into the ground. The left wingtip hit first, then the left engine and the left landing gear, making three trails through the sawgrass, each five feet wide and 100 feet long. When the main part of the fuselage made impact with the ground, it continued to move through the fields, breaking apart into pieces and debris as it went. After much investigation, it was found that the landing gear was out, and in fact, the indicator a small light bulb did not shine, identifying that the landing gear was safe. $100 million of damages and 101 lives were lost because one small light didn't shine. God has placed you on the dashboard of faith in every light has a purpose. 
a light shined, mission accomplished. No light, crash. We all have relationships also, and if you follow Jesus, you are the light to the people in your life. So the question we're asking today is, are you shining? Because it might make all the difference. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking through the letter of 1 John, trekking through it and identifying different areas of our life in a post-2020 world. And today, we're hoping to reclaim our relationships, and more specifically, the influence that we have within our relationships. We've been given an extraordinary gift in the most mismatched partnership in the universe. The God of the universe chooses to partner with us to make a difference in the world. We get to be God's physical expression, his hands and feet in the world around us, and to get to participate and experience him in a unique way as we do the things that he's doing. And we know that the work that he does is beautiful, and it's exhilarating, and it's real. But if we're honest about our lives, most of us probably, over since the last however many months it's been since COVID hit, we probably wouldn't use the words beautiful or exhilarating to describe our lives, our sweatpant lives. Even still today, because even though life seems like it's clicking along for some of us, I don't know if you feel this way, but it feels like maybe life seems to be moving on without you. And uh, am I missing something? Something feels off and different. I feel like I'm still processing what happened in 2020, and yet the weeks keep clicking along. And did you know that 2022 is in 55 days? I don't know about you, but that is disorienting to me. (laughs) And I wonder if for those of us who follow Jesus, if perhaps we feel a little bit of this disconnect more acutely because there are certain distinctives about us that maybe haven't been very distinct as of late. Things that we're supposed to actually be known for, but sort of like muscles we haven't used in a while, maybe a little atrophied from lack of use. And what I hope that we'll find this morning is that the way that we light the path in front of us is actually by lighting the path for others. So we're going to continue to read in 1 John chapter 3, starting in verse 14. John writes, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. John continues in chapter 4, verse 7, he says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And then in verse 11, he says it again. Dear friends, since God has so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us 
and his love is made complete in us. So John here gives us both a diagnostic and a way forward. He gives us both. How do we know? How can we diagnose that we're on the right track, that we're experiencing the real God-gifted life if we're loving one another? And if I'm not experiencing real God-gifted life, uh, what, how is it that I move forward? John says, love one another. John repeats that phrase over and over and over again, talking about the way that we interact with one another. I don't know if you knew this, but I learned, studying for this, that the way that we treat one another can also be called, and is called, one anothering. It's a phrase. Don't trust me, it's a thing. One anothering. And it's talked about quite a bit, especially in the New Testament. In fact, there's been really a lot of work done to pull out every passage in the New Testament that says the way that we, different ways we interact with one another. Um, and I have one graphic here today. Uh, it's an infographic, and this is one example of some of the work that's been done. They've pulled out every single one of the 100 different verses in the New Testament, and they've taken the action word, and if you don't know how, to, how a word bubble works, the more times a word shows up, the bigger the bubble gets. And so this is every instance of how we are to interact with one another in the New Testament, as pictured by a word bubble of how that is expressed in action. I think it's really, really beautiful. Um, you probably recognize, there's a lot going on, but you would probably recognize, even in some of those smaller bubbles, some of the verses in there. Um, of course, love one another shows up lots of times. That's why it's a really big bubble. Um, but there's other ones that you probably know. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Forgive one another. All these different things. There's so many of them. But I, what I think is really beautiful, seeing them in one place like this, is that Yes, love is the umbrella, but all those little tiny bubbles give it depth in this dynamic aspect that it's not just like this cross-stitch, love one another and get along and tolerate. It's personal and it's specific and there's limitless options on how that can get expressed. Um, I think it's really beautiful to see it that way. That's the kind of love that I want in my life. That's the kind of love that our world needs, is this specific, personal, tangible love. And John is tapping into this kind of love that takes an entire word cloud to even attempt to try to describe it and says, this is the life that we were meant for. And it happens in our interactions with one another, in our relationships. That's where it lives. That's where it exists. But just being together isn't quite the same thing as loving one another. Tim Keller says this. He says, because of the idols and the habits of our heart, even church events, even community groups, spending time with one another can easily just become places where individuals are focusing on themselves in the presence of others. Even in church, even with our brothers and sisters, we might be together, but that's not the same as loving one another. It's so easy to get stuck living life in selfie mode, walking around, wow, look at me, cool. Are you in the picture? Hey! It's easy to, to live our lives in that way, and yet the way that we treat one another, 
is supposed to be a specialty of the church. This is supposed to be the thing that we're known for. This is supposed to be, how do you know that there's a Jesus community nearby? If you see people loving one another, specifically and personally, that's how we're supposed to know. And John's not making this up. This might sound familiar. Jesus said this in uh, one of the Gospels. He says, Jesus says, how will everyone know? He says, this is how everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Jesus said that. Think about it this way. How would you know if someone was a Girl Scout? How do you know that someone's a Girl Scout? It's not really a topic of conversation. You don't usually go, are you a Girl Scout? Are you a Girl? It's not something you just talk about. How do we know? Everyone knows somebody that's a Girl Scout. Everyone, everyone knows their nearest Girl Scout. Why? Because we all have cookie addictions. <laughs> We're addicted to these things. When you get a knock on your door or when a certain younger girl approaches you in the church foyer, maybe, you start to get a sneaking suspicion that just maybe you're interacting with a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts do all sorts of great things, more than selling cookies, but it seems to me, you can quote me on this, if Jesus were a Girl Scout, his instructions would be, this is how they will know, by your cookie sales offered for a limited time only. <laughs> now, that's a funny example, but if Katie Bono who's a Girl Scout in our uh, community, didn't hand me a cookie order form several years ago, I might not know <laughs> that she was a Girl Scout. That's how I knew. And Jesus says, this is how everyone will know if we're loving one another. So after the last 18 months or so, how have we been doing? How have you been doing in your relationships? Certainly hasn't been easy whether it's because of atrophy from the isolation that we experience, or maybe it's our own decisions not to go that extra mile to express that kind of a love to these certain kinds of people. I don't know what it is for you in particular, but John suggests that's our diagnostic. That's the way we know if we're living a faith that's firing on all cylinders. That's our dashboard light. And if the light of our love isn't shining, then actually we're the ones missing out. We're the ones missing out on experiencing the real and abundant life in Jesus. And for some of us, that's actually really, really good news. Because as we've said, our love for one another is both the diagnostic and it's the way forward. For some of us, it's less about our desire to love one another and more like, I don't have the energy left because I'm going through stuff. What if I'm the one struggling and what if I'm the one that needs light? Take a look at what John continues to say just after what we read earlier in verse number 18. He says, my dear children, let's not just talk about love, let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. It is also the way to shut down deliberating self-criticism, even when there's something to it. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. What if I'm struggling? 
John says, it's okay. He says, it's okay to not be okay. Because the kind of love that we are talking about only comes from Jesus. It's not something that you have to muster up. It's his love. And whatever your circumstances, whatever's worrying your heart, he's not going anywhere. His love knows no bounds. When we all came up to the light board, week one of this series, uh, several of you chose red lights. You can see them right now. And we're really glad that you felt safe to do that because what it represents for some of them at least is I'm struggling. My circumstances aren't ideal. I'm struggling. I don't know what your circumstances might be, but as you'll notice, the red lights are still shining because God has not left. It's not buck up and love someone, not pull yourself up by your bootstraps, not try harder. That's death talking. Before Jesus, we were all dead. No pulse. And like a defibrillator, his life energizes our own. And now we all have this beautiful privilege of experiencing his presence by lighting the way for others and doing what he does. Jesus made a way where there was no way. Again, John said in verse 16, this is how we know. This is how we know. Because Jesus laid his life down for us. And now we get to do the same. So whether you're in a challenging season or life's going pretty well, if your light feels dim, if you feel aimless, or just like life is downright impossible at times, we can experience glimmers of God's greater reality because the way that we light the path in front of us is by lighting the way for others. Jesus made it possible, and we do need one another. The mission is actually counting on it. Listen to verse 17 of our passage that we've been reading as translated by Eugene Peterson. He says, If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears. And you made it disappear. Like a light, it disappears. Crash. But that doesn't have to be the story. Because when we are people of light, we have a real chance to see death exchanged for life instead. I know I have experienced personally the way that the light of others has affected my life. When Jenny and I were still in college, uh, we went to different colleges. She was here at Bowling Green State University, and I attended a Christian college in Indiana. Uh, and I would visit on occasion because we were dating and mostly holidays or breaks, so I, I wasn't around all that often. And one of her group of friends was a group of Christians. Um, and again, like, because I didn't visit all that often, I didn't know them super well. Well, this particular fall, I came and there was this barn bash 
and they had a bonfire and apple cider and hay rides and all the different things. And she said, well, let's go. We're going to go. I was like, okay, I don't really know anybody, but sure. Um, so we go. Jenny's bopping around, visiting with all her people. I don't know anybody. I'm not really the bopping type. Um, so I ended up by myself. And uh, after the distraction of pouring multiple cups of apple cider and perusing the, the snack table got a little bit more awkward than just sitting down with people I didn't know, I sat down. And uh, I sat down around the fire, and pretty soon, the people next to me turned my direction. I expected to just kind of be observing conversations that were happening, but the people around the fire turned my way. They wanted to know my name. Oh, you're Jenny's boyfriend. What are you studying? Well, that's really interesting. How'd you get interested in that? Wow. Is that interesting to you now? Like, are you enjoying the college experience so far? You feel like you're headed in the right way? They wanted to know about my life. And that kind of messed with me. And I'll tell you why. Because suddenly I felt myself not just in the crowd, the shadows of the crowd, but I was experiencing this warm glow of these people who were kind and curious about me. I felt loved, but I had done nothing to show that I was interesting or worth their attention. And it messed with me because one of my tendencies when I'm not in the right headspace is to think that I have to make myself interesting, that I have to become attention-worthy, especially with God. And for one of the first times right there at the bonfire, I felt loved in a new way, in a way that I didn't earn. And that opened up a whole new trajectory of, of my experience with God in my faith journey. Death tells me to prove myself, to put on a show. But the light of these brothers and sisters I didn't even know shined life into my soul just by their unmerited curiosity about my life. Like I've said, we've all, we all have relationships. And when we follow Jesus, every relationship presents a beautiful opportunity to experience closeness and nearness with God by doing what he does, doing it with him and loving one another with the same love that only comes from him. So as we close, what are you willing to do to reclaim the light in your relationships? Whose story in your life might be different because you affirmed their strengths, because you shared resources with them, or took an interest in the things that they care about a little bit more than you do? I don't know what that might look like for you, but the opportunities are endless, and you can't mess it up. In a post-2020 world that has felt dim and dark still for so many, the way that we light the path in front of us is by lighting the way for others. Would you pray with me? Lord, I will be the first to confess that so often when you feel distant, I'm probably not, I'm probably living pretty selfishly. Selfish with my time, eager to consume, and certainly not pursuing others. But we thank you this morning that when you feel distant, 
that you are not the one who walked away. Help us to experience your presence this week. And would you show us how you would have us to shine your light in our relationships? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi again. Just a reminder to let us know that you're listening by heading over to bgcovenant.org connect. If you're ready to be known, we'd love to know you. And we hope you'll join us soon, every Sunday, in person or online. Thanks for listening.